Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, September 5th, and we will be chatting about some movies that we have screening the week of Friday, September 8th. I can't believe it's September. That didn't seem right when you said it, but I know it's right. Today's back to school. Oh, God. See, that I know because of all the pictures people post. And that I'm I like... know because your cousins, beloved podcast guests, were here last night to watch The Goonies. Oh, my God. My nieces, even. Your nieces. Even closer than cousins. Oh, yeah. Why did I say cousins? I don't know. I mean, that normally would be right. But yeah. this time, I mean, I only have two nieces and it was them. So you, you were close. Cousins, nieces. She Same even my, my sister um, texted me last night, which was, as you know, bad movie night, you know, on Mondays. Yeah. She texted me. It was like, are you going to Goonies tonight? And I literally just said, LOL. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, which is kind of cruel, I suppose. But first of all, it's bad movie night. Come on. But most importantly... I have no attachment to Goonies. Like, I did not see it as a kid. Stop saying you hate Goonies. I love Goonies. I, I didn't. I, I, it was all right. It's just that's a problem. Like, when you, we've talked, I don't even remember what it was. You talked about, like, something in the last week or two that someone saw years later. And they were like, I see why you like it, but that was not. That, that might have been Goonies. Yeah, it could have been Goonies, <laughs> yeah. Because, I like, I totally, had I seen that as a kid, I would have loved it more than anything, you know. But I, I saw it five years ago or something. That's why your sister is a better parent yeah. Than you are. Well, if I had seen it at their age, I'd be set. Although, aren't there swears in it? Isn't there a swear? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's great about <laughs> 80s sure. kids' movies is it's full of swears. Anyhow, that's why I know it's back to school day because I know that your nieces are going into high school oh, and God. finishing high school. Are they? Oh, my God. My youngest niece is in high school? Yeah. That's the kind of cool thing is one is in year one yeah and one is in year four Oof. remember that movie year one with michael Sarah and jack black that was supposed to be a big hit yeah no one remembers that who directed that? harold ramis it? yeah i was gonna say it was someone good that it's made harold it. ramis it's a crazy all-star cast yeah and not a terrible movie but just nothing just no blip on the radar <laughs> no one's mentioned it till i mentioned it just now like i literally no exaggeration and i live on the internet yeah i, I shouldn't but i do no one has mentioned that movie in 20 years i don't even know where it came, it came out oh my god it was michael Sarah after after super bad yeah it must have been right after because i think it was like his Nicolas Cage doing the rock type role like now he's made a hit so he gets to pick something yeah and you're like yeah I'm gonna do the it's gonna be a big hit like big trouble that Barry Sonnenfeld one that no one oh, remembers yeah. well that you know what happened with that one though <laughs> didn't he get like it was on the shelf or something uh, it was ready to go yeah. it was when Tim Allen was really popular Rene Russo all yeah. kinds of cool people in it not that Tim Allen's cool but Did all Andy kinds DeVito, of cool people in it. maybe is DeVito in it uh, I know Andy Richter's in it there's like a lot of good a people lot of people in it. in it yeah it happened right at the same time as September 11th Okay, that's what I thought you might say. And it was a comedy about bombs, bombs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, and so they were like, "Oh, yeah." It's kind of like Key and Peel were circling a police academy reboot back before Jordan became who he is now. Yeah, and then you know now we're in a world where all the cops aren't liked as much as they once were. Well, so. it's less of a punchline that we can all feel good about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's that. But yeah, I don't know what my point was, but just, you know, those movies that disappear and have no impact except for that we remember them. Yeah. And I was going to mention two interesting things of late is that Indy 5 did really well with us. Oh, yeah. And Goonies did really well with us. My fault on the first Goonies night, it was a bit understaffed. Oh, boy. But it's because... The last time we screened Goonies, I'm not kidding, it was like <laughs> 10 people over two days. Not even my family went to that one. 
Yeah, nobody went to that one. <laughs> I remember being there, and I was genuinely sad because I was like, there was so much buzz for it. So many people lied to me that they were going to come <laughs> see it. You take it personally when this happens. Yeah, if there was no buzz, if nobody said they were going to come see it, I'd be like, well, that happens, but it's just that lie, yeah. you know? But this time, it did very well two nights in a row, and somebody was saying, and it's true because I'm an old man now, is that, you know, the definition of a classic or a definition of just simply something that is old is different because I am a kid of the eighties. And when I was a kid in the eighties, 40 years ago was the forties. Yeah. And if you're a kid now, 40 years ago is the eighties. Mm. So a movie like Goonies, I don't even know what the correlation would be, but God, it would be like watching Abbott and Costello or something. You yeah. Know? I'm glad people enjoyed it. Although I will say, speaking of things that people enjoyed that I'm always late to the party with, I watched the second Spider-Verse movie last oh night. Oh my God. Which was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Like, yeah, 100%. I, 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 like I keep going back. I was telling Emily, I was like, I'm trying to convince myself that that wasn't one of the best movies I've ever seen. I haven't, oh my God, like that feeling like when you're buzzing, you know, when you, you, after you see something, you're just like, has you pretty much instantly, like Mandy, basically, for me anyways. Yeah. And it's just, it feels rare, sadly, when that happens, where there's just something where you're just transfixed. And it's, I mean, there's really nothing like that movie. Like just the animation, like it was beyond animation. Like, and I wish we lived in a world where the Mayfair could just easily screen that movie. It would have been about now too, because it, it was been. just before digital, you know, or yeah, uh, not I, the other one. Physical. I think we missed our window just because it's always tough for us. Like every once in a while, I mean, poor Indiana Jones, the reason we got it is because it didn't do as well and they dumped it. That's how we got it. But for us, sometimes a flop is in our favor because it means just less kind of normal people have seen it. Less people who go to the movies all the time have seen it. Less normal people have seen it. And our fans are really more apt to just wait. And that yeah. happens all the time. So I think they all just waited. And then they came to see Indy here. I would love to play Spider-Verse. But yeah, it might not be in the cards just because Sony might be like, no, it's already on a digital deal somewhere. But I'm hoping that I can beg you to secret screening it for you and me because I bought the Blu-ray and I didn't see it on the big screen oh, like it's everyone so good. else. <laughs> Sadly, we saw it on the big screen while we were in the lovely East Coast Comic Expo. Whoa. But it was at a Moncton multiplex with a bunch of hooligans <laughs> and we mentioned it to some other Moncton people and they're like, yeah, going to a movie in Moncton is the worst. Oh my God. You just feel like, like it's not just two kids being bad or two kids looking at their phone. And we saw it right in when it came out, but it was like 40 kids all talking, all on their phones, walking around. No, no <laughs> sense of like, oh, you're in a public space and yeah. you should be nice to each other. You should be nice to the other people here. Nothing. Zero. And there was no defense of it. When we mentioned it to some people at the Comic-Con the next day, they were like, yeah, that's what it's like going to a movie in Moncton, sadly. Yeah, it's like too, it's past the point of changing at this point, I guess. And, and that's what kills the movie experience in towns like that, because then people just go, oh, I'm just going to stay home and yeah. watch it later. No, that's true. I mean, and there's some stuff like for a comedy or whatever, like you expect it to be a bit raucous oh, or for whatever, sure, yeah. you know, but something like that, you're like, there's a lot of comedy in the movie, but there's also a lot of like dramatic moments and stuff. And for a two and a half hour movie to have just jerks the whole time is just like... Oh, God. And f this is the biggest compliment for a nerd movie filled with Easter eggs. Yeah. But yet not distracting to 
the common non-nerd person. But very distracting in the sense that there's so much happening. So much happening. And just, that's why like I instantly bought it. Oh, the cool thing, cool and not cool thing is like the 4Ks come with Blu-rays now. And oh, yeah. a lot of people that have 4K players don't care about the Blu-ray, much like when Blu-rays and DVDs came together and you were like, well, it's cool to have the DVD, but I'm very likely never going to use this. So I lucked out. I just on a lark checked because I was like, when is, I didn't even know when it came out. It comes out today on, right. on disc. Okay, yeah. It's been out on digital, I, I suppose. You know, we're allowed to say that now that we can't get it. You know, yeah. So, but but yeah. So I just it was just some random guy. You know, had it selling it. You know, in a it even had a loose case for it. I guess I have to print out my own art. I don't know how that's gonna work. But anyway, so I was like, oh my god, this is uh, sweet. And the fact that you had a terrible experience leads me to believe it won't be that hard to convince you to watch it again here. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I love it. Well. Lee got me it on Blu-ray. When was the first one? A couple years ago. Yeah. For Christmas. So that's a good Christmas gift if he wants to get me another one. That's cute. And I was looking at that one too and I'm like, oh, now that one's affordable because I've waited this long. Although I will say like, I liked the first one, but this one was a masterpiece. Like this one just, it's beyond a movie. Just the art form itself. Oh Oh, my God. And what's funny is the first one won an Oscar for Best Animated Movie. And a lot of people thought a few years before that that their Lego movie should have won an Oscar. Yeah. This one, I can't imagine anything (laughs) beating it. But it's an interesting world because, yes, it's a big pop culture comic book movie. Mm -hmm. But there's so much. It's the simplest thing. They all worked really hard on it. Yeah. And there's a scene, and this is not a spoiler in the least in case you haven't seen it, but there's just a scene with Gwen talking to her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And in any other animated movie or live action movie, it will be somebody talking to their dad. But in Spider-Verse, they really embraced that it's a comic book and an animated movie and it's heritage. So the background is kind of playing with the emotional tone of the scene. It just gets you or got me anyhow. Like you just really feel that they thought about this color palette. They thought about what this means. Yeah. And that's through the whole movie. No, and that's what meant so much to me was just they used the animation as emotions. I don't really know how else to describe it, but it was just, you know, like it was, you felt all the scenes. I've honestly literally never seen anything like it. It was just, I don't know. And it's funny too, because like I even remember when it first came out, a lot of people were like, oh, you can't top the first one. Oh, it's not going to be as good. It'll be good probably, but won't be as good. And then all the reviews were just like, it's better. It is (laughs) better. And they're like, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's a better movie. So for someone like me who, you know, who liked the first one, you know, I liked it fine. It wasn't jaw dropping like this one. I just, God, and I was telling Emily, you know, like the same guys who did, I mean, yeah, the Lego movie, but they also did the after party and clone high and like, Oh, so so, much good stuff. Basically. I mean, 21 drum street. Yeah. Nothing bad really that I can think of. And uh, it's good that Lee's not here because Lee doesn't like any criticism of star Wars. He gets defensive. (laughs) And I'm always like, no, no, I'm not criticizing. I'm just like, but being someone who very much liked Solo, but imagine if those two kids hadn't have gotten fired off a of Solo. I think Solo, I think they would have been respectful. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been like word balloons and speed lines, but I think it would have been a very different movie, possibly something that would have caught people's attention a bit more mm-hmm. because Ron Howard's Ron Howard. Ron Howard has a long, successful career and a lot of movies I like. Yeah. But Ron Howard is a very middle of the road, safe, dependable filmmaker. Yeah. Who's not going to get in a fight with anybody. No. And, and yeah, and it's, it's, I totally understand why they would have been reluctant to have Star Wars turn into a Spider Verse Lego movie. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. think it would have been like that, but it definitely would have been rapid fire, a lot yeah. more jokes. You know? I think the music might have been different. Yeah. I think maybe even the color palette in a sense, like during fight scenes, mm-hmm. might have been a bit more fantastical, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, they respected them enough to leave their names on as executive producers, which is the go-to weird title for Hollywood nowadays, where it's like, whether you worked on the book it was based off of, whether you gave them a bunch of money, mm-hmm. whether you got fired, <laughs> whether you were contracted originally and then never worked on it. That's kind of like the go-to credit, but... Yeah, it's a nice paycheck, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of like a consolation prize at that point. Well, and sooner or later, they have another live-action movie coming up, and I have no idea what it's about, but I think it's one of those based on some big popular sci-fi book that came out in the past few years. So they will have another live-action thing sooner or later. I didn't know that there was a cliffhanger for the movie. I oh, knew there God. was a third yeah. one coming, but I didn't know there was a cliffhanger. And like, yeah. we were watching it, and she's like, I don't think they're going to resolve this. <laughs> like, there was like 10 minutes left in the movie. And I was like, well, they're either not going to resolve it, or it's going to be the most hilarious, yeah, we beat we everyone, yeah. <laughs> everything's fine. So, yeah, I am glad we didn't do it. But it is funny that it could have been another hour, and I would have been fine. And that's the biggest compliment, is that sometimes you're watching a 95-minute movie or a 40-minute TV episode, and you're looking at the clock and just going like, oh my God, is this over yet? But yeah, same thing. I kind of had a sense that it was wrapping up, but at two and a half hours for a cartoon, which 10 years ago would never have happened. That would have been a 90 minute movie. They were like, we need two and a half hours to tell this story. And I think I have a feeling they're going to stick the landing and part three will be great. Yeah, I mean, it went from being something I would see eventually to being at almost the top of my list. Second, possibly, to the Mandy director's new movie that will be out eventually. I don't know when. And you will have more Nick Cage in Spider-Verse 3. Oh, my God. Yeah, because the very, very last shot, like, he wasn't technically in this one, sort of. But then at the very end, you see it. And I was like... I mean, I kind of liked how they did that because they didn't, there was like, and same as like Spider-Ham yeah. didn't really have a line, you know, so like, I mean, that I noticed there was so much going on. But, yeah. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool that they did brand new characters basically for the whole movie. And then at the very end, they kind of tease, you know, that they'll bring back some characters. So, I mean, yeah. he better be in the third. He's got to be. Oh, he is. I think that's the whole point of that kind of finale. Of yeah. Being like, hey, your, your old pals, Nick Cage and Spider-Ham are coming back. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was amazing. And of course, you know, we've got more Cage coming, but it's like... That shattered me yesterday. Like, I just couldn't stop thinking about that movie and like, oh my God. And it's funny too, because like, I know how far behind I am. Everyone's been talking about this movie for, God, a year or six months, however long it's been. Yeah, when did I see it? In the summertime, a while back. You don't even, whenever you went to Moncton or Yeah, when I was in Moncton. Yeah, so. A couple months ago. First mistake going to Moncton uh, to watch that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, looking forward to whatever they do next. Yeah. So we had that. And my other big news was last night I saved about 20 VHSs from the landfill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was the community Facebook page. Someone posted and was like, oh, there's a ton of VHS out in front of this address. And so and I had people over at the time. So I was and plus it was like daylight. And I, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> like looking like a scavenger. Like if I can avoid it, you know, No, you got to pretend you got to be like walking by and then like, oh, what have I found here? What's this? I didn't know that this was here, you know? And so, and also I was like, ah, there's not going to be any horror, you know, blah, whatever. I'll go after, after dark if I feel like it. So I remembered, I felt like it. And as it turned out later, I believe there's a rule that you can't post anything on the, on that page if it's not yours oh. that you posted. So if it's not in front of your house, then right. delete it. So yeah. as it turns out, they deleted the thing. I just, I happened to see it, screenshot it, remembered it. And so I went and it's still there. Like just. God, there was probably like 100, 200 VHS Holy there. Holy moly. A lot of Disney clamshells. Yeah. Which I personally don't care all that much about, but it was, you know, I didn't grab Stuart Little 2, left that one. Did they have the one for the uh, 
racist band song of the south oh man i was gonna say that could be it i don't know where you're going with this one i thought there was there was a sing-along one but it was bare necessities ah yes so I, I also was like oh my god song of the south but no it was not that but they i know it's horrible to have that on the brain and i promise i don't well, want to watch it for legit reasons Nah, but it's just it's an interesting piece of weird vhs history of that was on the shelf and then now has been wiped from history because it's filled with horrible racist stuff but there wasn't that, but they did have The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. Yeah. So that was an important one that I grabbed. And I and, and Face Off, like, I couldn't leave Face Off. No. It was the only Cage one there, but I was like, damn, I circled back. <laughs> I did like I did here when we had the, the box of VHS. I oh, went, yeah. Picked through, like, four or five times, and I was like, okay, I gotta go. There was, like, a bunch of Magic School Bus ones that I left, because I, I don't know, what am I doing with this, you know? But, but the crown jewel for me... Well, I mean everything, but really was there was three that didn't have a, well four that didn't have a box, and yeah. I, so I kind of ignored them the first time. But then I was like, oh, I'll cycle back. It was Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Psycho, which was unfortunately broken. It had the plastic part ripped off, so it was just you could see the film. And I was like, well, that one's that's screwed. And then Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which for some reason was the one that pleased me the most. Just so it wasn't one, it wasn't three, it wasn't seven. Nightmare on Elm Street Four, Rennie Harlan, you know, yep, like yep. And I, I, I don't know, that one excited me. It was filthy, but I still, you know, I did what I had to do, you know? The last VHSs I got from, like, a yard sale were the black hole in a cool, like, not Disney clamshell, but, like, a little plastic hard case. What was the other one I got? Some, like, Christmas stuff, stuff like that. Stuff like that's weird, and it's a documented thing. And I know it exists because a while back, somebody, without asking just dropped off a box of DVDs and VHS tapes. And we don't want your VHS tapes and DVDs, but people don't want to throw out their stuff. So they just give it to somebody and they're like, now it's off my hands. And we're not a video store or a library and we don't have a lot of room in the back. So then we just have it. And I think I know who did it. And I was like, can you please take this back? And they still have not. But it's probably like that. We're like, you put something out on your front porch, a bunch of VHS tapes, and you're like, oh, some other nerd will want them because you feel bad about just throwing them in the garbage. Yeah, of course. Well, and the funny thing, I was telling Emily about it, like, she was asleep, and so I, I was like, all right, well, the reason you woke up to a bag full of VHS tapes downstairs... Santa the, came! Yeah, basically, you know? And I was saying, I was like, you know what? I feel a bit silly. I mean, it was free, and it was, you know, a block from my house, so I don't feel that silly. But I was just like, why am I keeping this? I just, I really do feel like I'm just keeping it till I'm the one who throws it out in 20 years. But it's in the hot sun, and then it's going to the landfill, like, it's garbage day today. There's something about losing dead formats that i'm just like you know maybe it's the older i get i'm just like you know i have this weird attachment and it's funny because like usually kind of when dvd came out blu-ray came out i kind of issue vhs like they're cool and usually like the older more obscure ones but this is not the best way to watch something but i think because we grew up in that era and the further away from it we get the more i'm like clutching at that and just to see this big pile of stuff you know, I saved a, a modicum, but I'm like, that could have been trash. And it's just like, I don't know. I can spare a little bit in my life for that for now, at least. Yeah. And the nostalgia for VHS, which I have, is so weird because it's the worst. It doesn't look good. And you forget how bad it looks until you watch a VHS for the first time in a number of years. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, wow, 
that does not look good at all. No, it's very specific for whatever it is. Like I was, th- I was like, okay, it would be fun to hook up my VCR and the projector and watch Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare Four, just for fun, just like a nostalgic blast. You know, it's yeah. not, it's gonna look like crap, you know. But I don't know. I think I've come back around again to that point, and it might be possibly my friend Tony's doing too, because like I've been going over to his place every couple of weeks. Three of us, we do a triple bill. Everyone picks a movie. And so, and he actually has his VHS set up and whatever. And so like two of his picks, I think both were on VHS and it just, it had been so long since I'd watched a VHS, my God, you know? And so like, we watched like, yeah, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, which oh, yeah. it, even to have that VHS is insane, you know? And it just, it sounds so funny. Like it's such a, God, I'm, I'm getting older the more I keep this sentence going, but <laughs> it's like seeing the tracking come on and the blue screen, like gave me like this thrill. And I just was like, oh my God, this is such a lost thing for anyone who's not us or like our age. Yeah. And I stole a couple of VHS movies that I'll just probably bring back from our little pile that we were trying to get rid of for a long time. That Mm -hmm. if you're out there and a fan, we still got some. Come take them. Do it. But I took one. I think it was called Bullseye. And it's Roger Moore and Michael Caine. And it's just kind of like a two guys who are charismatic thieves kind of a movie. But I'd never heard of it. I couldn't find it anywhere else, so I watched it. And it looked really bad. And it was clearly the worst pan and scan. The worst moving back and forth and people being cut off. Because it's the old thing, right? Like, you're taking a rectangle and squeezing it into a square. So you have to chop off the sides of the image. So it's funny when people have nostalgia for it. Like, even our friend Julia Marchesi is a big VHS collector. And she's a filmmaker. And when you watch VHS, you're watching something that has been chopped up the way the filmmaker doesn't want it to be seen. So it's, yeah, it's the, it's a very strange thing to hang on to. Because, like, if you're nostalgic for records versus CDs versus digital music, at least when you're listening to Beatles on audio cassette, it might not sound good, but the whole song is still there at least. Yeah. Where if you're watching a widescreen movie on video cassette, you're missing a bunch of the stuff. Yeah, and I, I will say one of the ones I got was, well, I was going to say Rambo Part 2, but I think Part 2 is just called Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. But that was the widescreen version. Oh, okay. So On VHS. I, yeah, exactly. So I think that was the only one I got where it specifically said widescreen. I was like, okay, well, you know, there's that's something. I, yeah. They had two copies of it, too, weirdly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I got, I got Rambo 2 and 3. So. I was so excited years ago when the Star Wars trilogy came out on widescreen VHS. Because you just saw so much more. And the big one, I remember pointing at the screen because you could see that Boba Fett was standing beside Jabba the Hutt. And in the pan and scan versions, you can't see that. And there's all kinds of little details like that that really are important to the story that you miss because it has been chopped up to fit on your tiny TV. Yeah, talked about that before, but my favorite is, I think it was Attack of the Clones was the example sheet. Oh, that they yeah, had, yeah. Where you're like, look, you can't even see Palpatine in this one or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> the best, the very, very best is Planet of the Apes, where they have the old gag of there's three ape judges, and they're doing the whole see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. Each one is covering eyes, mouth, ears. Yeah. And on the Paniscan version, one of the judges is cut out. So you miss the whole visual gag. You only see two of them. And so there's, yeah, there's all kinds of examples like that. But nonetheless, if I ever see a VHS tape for Return of the Jedi and it's free, I'm taking it. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, it's been it's been a weird blast of movie related, you know, endorphins the last 24 hours for me <laughs> between yeah. modern great movies and old great movies. Well, great maybe well, actually hilariously as a as a tie into like two podcasts ago, one of the movies I found was Soldier. Oh, weird. <laughs> Kurt Russell and I was like, "Okay, shit." Like, I mean, That's I fake. have to grab this one. So I told Emily, I was like, "Okay, I got one for you, but I haven't given it to her yet." And she, I mean, she won't be happy with yeah. that, but it's still a funny bit. <laughs> You should have just taken them and kind of shoved them on a bookshelf and hope she didn't notice. Oh, man. I, well, the first thing I'm going to do is clean them off. Some of them are pretty dusty. I feel like these were just in a basement and yeah. then they were outside. And I mean, I was like, as I'm grabbing them, I was like, technically, these are garbage. Technically. But I'm also like, come on. Like, it was hot. There's probably no bugs on here. But anyway, I'll clean those off and yeah, we'll go from there. I have Steel starring Shaq on VHS. But you don't have a Kazam. No, Is it that because yeah, that's right. But when I put it into the VCR, it rejected it and started eating it. So the VCR was so the VCR so much didn't want me to watch that movie. It was like, nope, I'm gonna break it. That's the excuse now. Everything's available. Where mm-hmm. for a long time, steel wasn't anywhere. Now I think you can go on to like Amazon and rent it for four bucks or whatever. Yeah, but you don't have to because well, I got it on VHS. But but it's maybe. Eaten. So, you know, I, but I, I got to think we can get that, the DVD of, I, I don't, did they get a Blu-ray? I don't even. I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> it has to at this point. So, better than watching movies on VHS, let's chat about a bunch of cool movies that we have screening here at the Mayfair the week of Friday, September 8th, 2023. First up is a historical drama starring Academy Award winner Helen Mirren called Golda. Oh yeah, we love Helen Mirren. We're the house of Helen Mirren and Judy Dench and... Uh, Pretty much, yeah. There's a handful <laughs> of actresses and actors. More actresses, yeah. But yeah. like Helen Mirren, Judy Dench, that kind of highbrow British, but still kind of funny who does a certain kind of movie. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, yeah, yeah. But in this, it's more of a historical, political drama. But when Helen Mirren does like a heist movie or something romantic <laughs> or a Shakespeare kind of thing... It really is kind of our audience. That's one of the actors they clearly have up on a pedestal because it's it's Mayfair Gold. Yeah, the Tom Hanks type of person that for most cinemas, you know, but also here as well, especially yeah. Polar Express, your favorite. Oh, Polar Express. <laughs> then we have another new film this week. It's called Theater Camp, and it is a comedy about an eccentric staff of a rundown theater camp in upstate New York who must band together with the beloved founder's Broey son to keep the camp afloat. Does it literally say Broey son? It does, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and now I know you spell Broey, B-R-O-Y. I'm not doing that. That's what they said. No, it's, but then B-R-O-E-Y feels weird, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever written it out. No, yeah, me neither. Huh. But saw the trailer last night in front of the Goonies, a real audience pleaser. Everyone was laughing at it. It is a Sundance Film Fest Special Jury Award Ensemble Award winner and Grand Jury Prize nominee. So it's a comedy, but it's won some big awards as well. Yeah, and it seems like it... I mean, I don't actually think I saw the trailer, but you gave me kind of Glee vibes a little bit, but maybe not as much singing. Yeah, and somebody said it's much like the mockumentaries like Waiting for Guffman and those kind of movies. Man, I love those. Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. My yeah. mind blanked for a second on Christopher so Guest's name. You're like, if I keep describing the movies, maybe yeah. I'll remember his name. It's kind of akin to that. It looks really funny. And then our third new film this week. I love it this week that we have a grown-up political drama, a goofy comedy. And this one, so it's called Piaf. 
Oh, right. This uproarious reaction during the Breen, well, not during Breen, obviously, but pre-Breen, Preen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. People were just losing their minds to the point where I was like, and Lee was there. Yeah. So I was like, sometimes (laughs) he has done that and not so much during like a non-cinema movie, but sometimes he'll pick interesting trailers or whatever. As it was playing, people were laughing. I was in the bathroom. I thought the Breen movie started. Oh, no. Not that anyone would laugh during a Breen movie, but you know. And so, like, I ran back in. It was this movie, Piaf, and people were losing their minds. And and then Lee was like, ah, it looks great. Or this is cinema. Or I can't. He yelled something <laughs> yeah. or other, and people were laughing. And so, yeah, like this, I did not know what was going on in this movie. But it looked like people were into it. Yeah, even the blurb, I can't figure out what's going on in the movie. But I think it's about a woman who doesn't have any training or skills in the job, stumbles into being a sound designer or, like, a Foley artist. And it's for a movie with a horse in it. And then she maybe starts turning into a horse. Yeah, we couldn't tell. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a fake tail that she grows yeah. or if she just has a tail. It's not clear from the trailer. It looks like a weird movie, but like a good weird. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's a Calgary International Film Fest Best International Feature Award winner. Damn. Chicago International Film Fest New Director's Competition Award winner. Wow, Sif. Uh, and IndieWire said it is thrilling and unequivocally impressive. Huh, thrilling, eh? Thrilling. But, <laughs> impressive, But the trailer, eh? you watch it, and you're like, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But I love trailers like that, because you see some movies, and you're like, oh, that's a comedy about a theater camp. I get it. <laughs> and then you see this trailer, and you're like, is she turning into a horse? And like, also, is it a comedy, or is it not at all a comedy? I don't think it's a comedy. Because like, people were laughing throughout the trailer. Yeah, because <laughs> there's like some scene where she's seducing a guy, but they're both neighing like horses. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't even tell you <laughs> what was going on. One way or the other, this is either a drama that's going to be very entertaining to watch, yeah. or a purposefully done meta drama that... They want you to laugh with. Could be a dark comedy. Well, I guess it, no matter whether it chose to be or not, it is a dark comedy. Yeah. Because people were laughing. So. Yeah. Whatever it is, it seems like truly one of those, you can only see it here at the Mayfair. And anybody who says there's no good original movies, you're like, well, there's this one. Well, I can tell you what it's not, which is a biopic of Edith Piaf, which is what I assumed it was when I first saw the title. Somebody asked me that, and I was like, I don't think it has anything to do with it. It's not even spelled the same. No. Besides that, I was like, and that sounds like a thing we would play 100%. If there was a thing called Piaf about Edith Piaf, we'd play it. This is about a woman turning into a horse. Next week, we're going to be like, okay, she didn't turn into a horse. Yeah, I don't even, you know, we're going to have to let you know on that one. Or you tell us. Come here and watch it. So then we have a pair of classic films. We are kicking off our giant William Friedkin tributes throughout September and October with Sorcerer. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Which we always talk about Star Wars. This is the movie that was released against Star Wars and had all kinds of buzz because it was like the director of the French Connection and Uh The Exorcist. Starring Jaws. Yeah, starring Jaws. (laughs) And it got stomped and... In an alternate universe where they just would have released this movie a couple of months earlier, it might have been this like really high-renowned, remembered, Oscar-winning classic. Mm-hmm. But instead, it just kind of got forgotten because that little Star Wars movie came out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's a you know a big, epic, kind of somewhat forgotten classic. One of the Mayfair owners here, Ian, I think it's his favorite movie. We're really happy to get it back on screen. And I think this one, 
is the like restoration of it because a couple of the reviews that I found, Little White Lies gave it five stars and said, don't miss this rare opportunity to catch William Friedkin's forgotten masterpiece on the big screen. Is it forgotten though? Because like, I mean, maybe, I think maybe we we're know just it. too tuned in to, you know, movie nerds or something. Because yeah. I'm like, it, it is like a legendary movie, but it's not tip of the tongue like French Connection, I suppose. Yeah, and if you would go to the average viewer who isn't insane like us and watches movies every day <laughs> and said okay this guy named William Friedkin directed The Exorcist they'd be like okay I know that movie and you said do you know what Sorcerer is they might be like is it about wizards oh and that was funny too you were teasing me for saying The Sorcerer I was about to bring it up but <laughs> and then we got the digital download yeah and it's it is titled The Sorcerer yeah incorrectly incorrectly human error <laughs> but that means whoever was typing that in they typed in the sorcerer. Yeah, it's it's weird, but no, no, I don't know. I think it's just a brain thing. Like you just you, you want it to have a the you think it's supposed to, you know. Yeah. And the plot is four unfortunate men from different parts of the globe agree to risk their lives transporting gallons of nitroglycerin across the dangerous Latin American jungle. And it's cra- and the, the most renowned scene is when they go across a bridge and it, it was later spoofed in the Mr. Plow Simpsons episode when he goes oh, yeah. a <laughs> treacherous bridge and then he sees that there's a beautiful highway next to it he could have used instead. <laughs> that part does not happen in the movie. But yeah, no, that that scene is insane. And I'm pretty sure they really did it. I think so, yes. Yeah, so and, and I mean it is and it is a remake, you know, as well. Like Yeah. Which well, I mean I don't want to talk over, I guess, because I think we're playing the original as well. But spoiler. Sorry about that. That's okay. No, no. So <laughs> interestingly enough, this week you can catch the not quite remake, I guess, because it is based off of a book, mm-hmm. but the movie that came twenty years before it in the fifties called Wages of Fear. Let's see, what does there say? This is interesting. So there says in a decrepit South American village, four men are hired to transport an urgent nitroglycerin shipment without the equipment that would make it safe. That's close. I like the they try to try to add some danger at the end of that sentence, but you're just like, okay, yeah. well, yeah. So this week you can watch Wages of Fear, yeah. and Sorcerer both at the Mayfair on the big screen. And Wages of Fear is one of those ones where. Who knows when is the last time we screen that? Yeah, no. And, and I'm assuming based on how screenings work, you could watch Wages of Fear and then watch Sorcerer after a day after or something like that, I presume. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And even just the way my schedule works, I might only be able to catch Sorcerer and then watch Wages of Fear, mm. but I'm sure that's okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they're both... Well, I mean, I haven't seen Wages of Fear. I've heard it's amazing, so... Yeah, Wages of Fear, BAFTA Awards, Best Film Award winner... Cannes Film Fest, Grand Prize of the Festival Award winner, wow. and 100% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Nobody gave this movie a bad review since 1955. What's uh, Sorcerer at? Do we know that? or is that... I didn't write that that's, down. That's but a it's, different it, website. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty high. It's pretty high. It's got to be in the 90s, I would think. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool gimmick this week. Come see Sorcerer and Wages of Fear and see two different perspectives of the same film in two really highly acclaimed movies damn like Rashomon in real life sort of yeah but not really at all okay uh and then before we wrap things up we will be good and remember to publicize that we are going to be at the Ottawa Comic Con on Sunday September 10th at Mm. 10 30 a.m 
And you could join us for a nice Sunday morning breakfast live recording of the podcast. Do I get a breakfast? You could bring your own breakfast. That's what I thought. So I could, <laughs> I could eat a breakfast, but they won't provide me with a hash brown or something. Go in and demand it. Where's my breakfast? I know. I'm a, I'm a tough, I was going to say tough guy. I'm a big guy. I'm not a tough guy. You know, I'm a big shy, you know? Like, I expect to go there. This thing that I didn't even volunteer for that you just told me we're Aha, doing. We're doing it. Yeah. And it's going to be, Lee will be there as well and Andrew. So we're going to have four of us. Yep. So, although a bigger room. Bigger so. room. And what's good is Gwen will be there running the show. Yeah. So I will not be distracted by having to look at the podcast stuff. Yeah. And we did this once before years back. And it's fun because last time, it's always the thing. You never know if two people are going to show up. But we had a packed room the last time. And we're, again, bribing people by, if you show up, you might get some cool movie poster prizes. I'm going to bring some movie posters to give away. Did they think that it was something else happening in that room and that's why it was packed? Maybe. Or, okay. And they were like, you can't leave now. <laughs> yeah. I've never done this, though. I don't know when that was, but this is like pre-my time. So. It was. This was a few years back. Yeah, five or six years ago, I guess. It would have been seven now. I've been Oh, here. my God. Yeah. Really? I'm in Jeez. my sixth year. That's nuts. I know. Maybe seventh coming. I don't know. Anyways, it was a long time ago. But it wasn't fun. as good, obviously, is what no, I'm saying. No, no. <laughs> But it's a fun time, and if you are going to Comic-Con, do drop by if you have any questions for us, and it'll just be a nice laid-back podcast. Mm -hmm. And then uh, all of us nerds will have passes for the day, so Gwen and I are going to go see Giancarlo Esposito and Emily Swallow talk okay. about Mando, and then walk around and see some friends in Comic-Con Alley and stuff like that. So. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think my wife's going to drop me off, and then I'll, I don't know, I'll look for Amazing Spider-Man 361. Yeah, you can go in and just be like, <laughs> it has to be in here somewhere. I'm so like, it's so funny because I would never normally go to something like this, like not because I wouldn't like it, because I'm, you know, I am back into comics now, but yeah. it's just, it's so many people and so much going on. It's, I assume it's hot. I don't know. It's, I sound like a hundred years old, but. <laughs> no, it's inside. There's air conditioning. All right. There better be. And yeah, you can go find your long lost amazing Spider-Man. We'll see. I'm probably just going to tag around with you guys without asking. So. How dare you? No, yeah. we're going to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't. Go. You can't get away from me in my Spider-Man cosplay. <laughs> okay. So thanks for listening, everybody. You can find information about the Mayfair Theater at mayfairtheater.ca and on many of the social medias. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back next week to talk about more stuff coming up to the Mayfair Theater. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, I was in uh, Montreal seeing Arctic Monkeys play. And oh, yeah. that night we were in the hotel and I was like, I'll check out the cable. They only had five channels, but one of them was playing Last Jedi. Cool. And so me and my friend at 1130, we were like, you know what? This is a good movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to take this. This was great. In 1971, William Friedkin directed The French Connection. It received five Academy Awards, including Best Picture of the Year. In 1974, he directed The Exorcist. It made history. Since then, Friedkin has spent over two years in five countries on three continents, creating his latest film, an unusual adventure into the realm of suspense. Four men, condemned by their past, robbed of their future, trapped in a life that was also a death. Four men take an incredible chance, face an impossible challenge, and risk the only thing they have left to lose. Roy Scheider, in a new film by William Friedkin. Sorcerer, rated PG, parental guidance suggested.